All right. It's Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here. Patrick Royce joins me as usual on Mondays. We got a whole list of stuff to get to, Patrick. Um, look at your twins. You ranked every twin season. I don't know where the inspiration for that came from, but that was a that was fun. I want to get your get a few expanded thoughts on that. We both watched some baseball playoffs over the weekend. We watched the Minnesota Loons, the uh, United FC make it into the playoffs after just a collapse down the stretch, but they beat Vancouver Sunday. So they are in interesting go for hockey series over the weekend as well. Got Wolves and Wild starting up soon. Wild starts Thursday, their season, and Wolves are like a little over a week away. But Patrick, we almost always this time of year start with the Vikings, and for good reason. It was a weird game on Sunday because <laughs> they looked like, you know, they get up 21-3. They score in their first three possessions. They're just these long, methodical drives. They're choking the time of possession away from the Bears. The Bears don't have anything going. It looks like it's going to be the kind of laugher everybody wanted, and then it just wasn't. Uh, they, another one they had to you know, kind of rescue in the fourth quarter. Style points don't matter in the NFL. You're, you you know They're 4-1 and one now, but if they might have liked to uh, to finish that one a little bit differently than, than the way they did. Well, weren't the, didn't I see the first half was 307 yards to 85 or something? I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Time, of possession, time of possession was like 23 to 7, too. Yeah, in that touch, that, that four-play 90-yard drive right at the end of the half, which was kind of like last year uh, when they gave up all the points at the end of the half. But uh, how they ended up making that an adventure, I have no idea. I saw this stat from Seaford. I'm sure everybody else had it, too. But he threw 41 passes and none of them were deemed to be in close cover in tight, in a tight window. None of them out of 41. In other words, nobody was within a yard of a receiver ever for the bears. So, uh, I mean, he was completed what his first 17, right? Or 16 in a row. First 17. Yes. At the broke Tommy Kramer's record. You know, so they, they win and, and, you know, I generally like this put out that this is going to be a bad loss, but I never did that yesterday because I never thought the bears were going to beat them. I right. Once they got the ball, I said, they're going to go down and do something here to take the lead against the bears. And then, uh, and then of course, Cameron Dantzler made one of the craziest plays we've ever seen. He just ran up, took the ball away from the guy right. who was uh, cutting down the field. That was one of our old buddies that uh, some of our Viking fans were upset that they got, he got cut, right? Yeah, Smith Marset. Marset, Marset, or whatever it is. And uh, and he'd had a couple of screw ups yesterday, but uh, yeah, they win. They're four and one. And now they get to go to play in Miami, and the NFL won't let Miami use any of its quarterbacks. No. Because uh, they, uh, two is still in concussion protocol, apparently, or he's got a bad hip, too. But Teddy passes concussion protocol, but they still won't let him play. Because some guy detected that when he got up, he stumbled. He stumbled briefly. So now with the new protocols they have, they, you know, if the guy in the tent, if the, if the, if the guy back in the back, who is what, the neutral observer that right. they have, detects any kind of a taxi. Did you see this? Any, you right. know, like, because it goes back to, the fingers right the the, the 
was a Teddy that had the fingers that looked strange uh, a week earlier or something. I don't remember that. that. I just who, who had the but oh yeah, yeah I know they, I know what you're talking about. I yeah, oh, I can't remember who it was, but well, was it? They, I don't know who it was. Was it was it wasn't was it Tua a couple of weeks ago or who was it? No, no, Tua was uh, Tua was uh, different. Okay, uh, Dave, but but last week it was anyway. They they got the new protocols and there's a target on the Dolphins' back because they brought Tua in three weeks ago and they didn't think they could have. So they can't use their quarterbacks. They got some guy. Who was I think undrafted? I think he was a seventh rounder. Yeah, that was a seventh rounder playing, and uh, you know, Vikings go down there next week. They they're probably better than Miami anyway. But if Miami doesn't let either the if, if the NFL doesn't let either the quarterbacks play, our boys are five and one. That one's you because uh, early in the year Miami looked pretty good when Tua was playing, and uh, now they're. Now they're, uh, you know, they're, they're on the bad side with the NFL. So uh, that uh, that uh, that looks like uh, the Vikings might get another break. But uh, uh, they're going to the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. They're four and one. They got the Lions left. They got the Bears left. They got they're, they're going to win 10, uh, you know, because everything's broken their way. They haven't had a really a bad break uh, when in the, in those final minutes when games right. are being decided, they, you know, good things have happened to them. You know, they got a couple of cheap penalty calls last week in New Orleans that, I mean, in London that, that won that game for them. And now like yesterday, they, they're playing the bears and cousins has like a, what a quarter and a half when he doesn't look real good. And then all of a sudden he leads them down the field and, when he starts rambling for 12 yards or 15 or whatever it was for a first down, uh, you know, the other team's in trouble. So yeah, they're four and one. That's I guess the bottom line. And, uh, and the, and the games are all, uh, games are all exciting in one way or another. They're close. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Close. Yeah. I know. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the NFL. We've talked about this every week now is, you just have endless games like this that are undecided in the last two minutes. And that was another one of them. And they, they're four and one in those games. I mean, they beat green Bay and there was no, no doubt about it, but the others, the others, they all could have lost, but they won. Take a playcation to mystic Lake with 24 seven gaming. The good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. And by the way, it looks like our Lions have decided that all that feisty effort that they've been giving for Dan Campbell They've hit the wall. Yes. Cut out yesterday by uh, what? Uh, New England, right? Yes, uh, New England. Shut, shut them out. So they packed it in in strict lion style. Once again, probably heading for a two and fourteen record. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's looking great. And then Green Bay, uh, yeah. before the Vikings ever take the field, Green Bay kicks away a ten point lead and gets shut out by the Giants in the second half in London. So. Uh, Green Bay's not good. They're they're old. They're just fair, and the other two teams in the division stink. And you're 
you're pretty good and you figure out a way to win. So there's not really much to complain about. When do they start um, crowing about the culture that this is? Oh, the, yeah. oh that it's probably the, today. That it's the culture that's winning them the close games. I mean, I think the players have kind of players have been asked about it and said it a little bit. But when do when do the real uh, authors of the culture start? To, do, do they are they still kind of toe in the water because this could you know you can lose close games as easily as you win them or is this the point where you you say you know these are the moments where the culture kicks in and uh, that that's that's why we're winning these games that's 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 uh that's probably out there right now it's just not maybe in the outlets that i'm reading but uh or, or listening to but uh i'm sure that uh you know that's uh that's they're gonna be taking a bow for it for sure that's you know uh I mean, I had a little fun on Twitter late last night. Finally, we got a team that knows how to win around here and uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm certain going to be part of it. And it depends. I don't think the do the local newspapers have any real uh, butt kissers when it comes to the Vikings. I'm not sure we do. Yeah. That, but but uh, there's certainly enough of it out of there. and in the blogosphere and everything else. So yeah, they'll, we'll, we'll, we'll be reading that. And, you know, once, once you really start patting yourself on the back in that league and you aren't, you still aren't very good defensively. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a license to go and get beat by somebody you don't expect to lose to, but uh, right. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's a goofy league right now. As Sid used to always say, it's crazy league, crazy league. But it's a crazy league because I think the officials are a bigger part of the game now than they've ever been. Oh, we, yes. another, we have another one of those calls and, you know, for no reason. And the Falcon is yeah, going to cost the rough them and the passer game. call. Rough yeah. and the passer was ridiculous. And uh, I just saw an explanation that it was unnecessary uh, that he tackled him. It was unnecessary <laughs> uh, that the, they, they took him to the ground like they took him. So, uh, you know, I think the I think the whole quarterback paranoia is probably gaining more momentum than ever because of what happened in Miami, right? So yeah, if you uh, you know if you take down a quarterback, there was one in uh, the London game uh, when uh, the when uh, Cousins got taken down hard, people were wondering. Well, uh, no, no, who, who, what game was that? The quarterback was trying to escape. And somebody grabbed him. They almost had to throw him to the ground sure. to, uh, to uh, get him get him down to the ground. But uh, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, here's the penalty. Why not a penalty flag?" Well, God, you got to be able to tackle a guy. You know? <laughs> right? These guys aren't just going down. If they're not going down willingly, if they're not like, no, yeah, no, no, you got to, yeah. I mean, if you get them get them wrapped up and they're still fighting and struggling and halfway out of the halfway out of your grasp, what's your option? But yeah, the NFL drives me nuts with the impact of uh, of uh, refereeing. I, uh, it's you know I watch the Vikings games, but it's amazing to me how little I'm watching of it because I don't because the referees the uh, the refereeing drives me nuts. Well, and and the games right now are not very good. I talked about this a lot on Friday show because that Thursday game is unwatchable. The what was it the. Yeah, Colts and the Colts. Yeah, there's something wrong with Russ. He's going to get like a cortisone shot or something. I yeah, think so. Right, right, right. You knew yeah. the injury speculation, and the new you knew the injury stuff would leak as soon as he had so many bad games in a row. But 
Yeah, they have games to tell you that he wasn't healthy because they gave him $200 million. So they got to be a yeah. little nervous. Right. right. You know, if you're not watching the team, you have a vested interest in it. It is harder yes. these days to watch it because it's just not the product just isn't very good right now in a lot no. of cases. It's close. You know, it's always yeah. close, but it's it's not always that compelling right now because the the skill is not really winning the day right now. But you know what? You're right. They're four Vikings are four and one. Um, well, there's one undefeated team still, right? The Eagles still are undefeated. Eagles still undefeated, yeah. There's probably only a handful of teams. Can't, can't be that many with four, right? Too. No. I mean, the, the Giants got to four with their win. They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, they're not that good. I don't know. How, I don't know what's wrong with Green Bay. I think. Oh, I, I don't, don't know think. If well, they're not. They don't have any receivers. And they're, you know, they're not, you know, the offensive line's not great. And the defense is probably a little bit overrated because they got a you know they let some people go i was saying going in they plus i think rogers is like he's back for the money i keep saying that i think it's not as i mean he has the ball in his hands late in the game again uh yesterday and didn't win the game for him no so. he looked like he said something to i don't know if it was lafleur or somebody coming off the field but he did not look happy with the final sequence i mean both those third and fourth down passes got batted down maybe he didn't love mm-hmm. his didn't love his options, but he he has a he has a good deal of pout in him when oh, things God, don't go his yes. way. The body language on him has never been good when things are bad, so that'll be interesting yeah, too. It's worse right now though, too. It is. He was mad because he didn't go to London earlier. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's mad, but he was joking about it anyway. I think he's been a better quote right now than he's ever been in his life though, because he'll say anything. He's, right. He doesn't care. He's, he's mad. He's uh. He's eating that peyote from uh, Peru or something. <laughs> made him completely crazy, you know? <laughs> which is as as uh, weird. So, I wonder. You think the Russ Wilson disaster is going to uh, well, the Nathaniel Hackett disaster too? That guy might be the first coach to get fired in his first month. But uh, do you think that's going to make teams more reluctant to? trade for these ungodly expensive veteran quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan's doing nothing with the Colts and uh, yeah. you're bringing, you're bringing in on Carson Wentz. He stinks. He lost right. it again yesterday. Interception on the one yard line. Uh, I mean, is it going to make these teams more reluctant to get a veteran quarterback who's making hundreds of millions of dollars? I, w- I would think it might, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, you would have thought before the year started that Russ was in a different category than those guys, right? That he's yes, yes. But and you know, when you go back the last two years, Brady and then um, Stafford, they both won Super yes. Bowl with the uh, you know with their new teams. But so I think I think that has some carryover effect. Everyone's like, well, that some of these teams won the Super Bowl with by pushing the chips all in. But yeah, I, I think I think the the kind of quarterback you just mentioned. Second, the second kind of pass, the Matt Ryan, the Carson Wentz, those guys are going to be. That's the kind of quarterback that's that's going to get, uh, you know, that that's going to go by the wayside in future years. I would think. Yeah. No. What? Why? Why spend that much money? You know, the the, the only way you can build a good team is to have a quarterback. I mean, somehow Kansas City's doing it with Mahomes, but when you start paying those quarterbacks forty five million a year, that's when your team kind of goes to hell. So because they yes. don't. You can't keep you can't keep the players. Well, the salary because the the players 
the quarterback salaries, if the cap goes up, the quarterback salaries go up. They're the first thing to go up, which is, uh, you know, the, 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 the linemen and those guys who you really need to win uh, don't benefit from it as much as the quarterbacks do. Well, that's been a big problem with the Kirk Cousins era, but he is the four and one Kirk Cousins right now. Hey, Patrick, I want to shift gears a little bit. You, I don't know what prompted this, but uh, you decided you needed to rank all 62 twins seasons to date. Um, Some obvious ones graded as an A, the World Series team, some of the other teams in there that made the postseason, even some that didn't. Um, but let me start with your, your ranking of this year's team. Cause I thought it was pretty accurate, but people might've, did people find your grading harsh in any ways, Patrick? Uh, some of them, I looked at some of the comments are mad that they got somebody, a few of them. I mean, everybody hates, hates this team, at least in star tribune comments they do. Right. As you have, you've learned. So somebody, they should have gotten an F this year. You right. know, I've got, I got more of that. Actually, uh, well, the source of this was I uh, had uh, two ideas going, and one was this one. And because I, you know, I mean, how many more opportunities am I going to get to use my 60 some year knowledge of the, <laughs> of the twins? So right. I uh, decided to uh, do it this way. And I had some discussions with our boss, Chris Carr. And obviously, I, on the D's and the F's, I had to tighten it up a little bit. It would have been great to do it and have a, a quip on each of the years, but it, that was not feasible lengthwise. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it was just something to have fun with. And, and uh, I, I think they, you know, didn't mind having a Twins column to wrap up things at the end of the year. So uh, that's that's how it came about. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. But, <laughs> I, it took me seven hours. Uh, I got up at 6 a.m. On, uh, on Friday to write it. But I, at least an hour of that was making sure I had every team. <laughs> you know, when you're doing, you know, I went in there and crossed them over. And then when I got all done, I was missing two years. And I couldn't figure <laughs> out they were. Because there was, so finally I found out it was, uh, the the, the uh the, the and then i had a panic yesterday morning because i couldn't find 2008 but there it was stuck there somewhere so anyway it was i don't know it was just fun i guess it was uh and kind of, kind of hopeful to get some people uh you know um you know maybe discussing it fired up about it telling me how i was wrong and right or whatever so yeah it was it was it was fun but they gave it was, they gave this year's team a D and you know most of that work done certainly in the last month of the season before they finished 78 and 84 I mean but really what you go back to late May when they were 27 and 16 and from that point forward they went 51 and 68 I think 51 and 68 from that point in the season yeah, they were not good for months and then they were you know they they'd pop up and win five in a week and be back in first place i mean they were in first place right. the whole time it looked like they were but they you know they they could have stepped on the pedal and got away from everybody but you know i mean in august what was the record after bucks buxton left them again forever I yeah mean, it was terrible there was i mean they just I mean, that guy's the thing about Buxton is you got to not only look at 
when he stopped playing at all, but when he stopped playing center field. Right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's when he gives him an advantage. He doesn't give him advantage as a DH. He gives him an advantage as a center fielder. You know, they, everybody's saying the injuries are an excuse. Well, certainly they are. But Jake Cave, I mean, Phil Miller did a great wrap-up if you get the paper on all 53 guys that yep. basically you could say were either on the disabled list or on the 40-man at the end of the year. And there was there was no plan. There was nobody, you know, eating enough of hallucinogenic mushrooms to ever think that Jake Cave was going to be an Iron Man for the last two months. I mean, the, the, it was a it was a disaster in the outfield. And what's amazing about it is when the year started, you were saying, what are they going to do with all these outfielders? Right. You know, Larnick, Kirloff, uh, Kepler, uh, you know. Boxton. But then again, you want to tell, you know, I, nobody makes more fun of culture than any me. But you look at the Vikings, you know, Vikings, okay, they're figuring out a way to win these games. They really haven't had it. You know, everybody's playing pretty much. They haven't had very few injuries. And these guys, the culture became don't play. Right. The culture became, I'm not a hundred. I don't know. I don't blame Rocco. I don't blame anybody, but everybody is, you know, well, how did your culture become? uh, Yeah. Well, you know, this hurts. That hurts. Everything else hurts. Right. You know, and uh, they didn't play. The no players didn't play and that should be a bad reflection on them not a not a it's not a reflection of bad luck it's a reflection of a bad approach that uh you know you, you don't have to play if you're not feeling 100 percent, and uh it's or 80 or 90 percent i mean louis rise basically we shamed him into playing some the last two games and you know, he was good enough to play. He was limping. Okay. Guys go through an entire pennant race run to the finish for for the whole entire history of baseball. A, a guy limping on a leg that's not 100% doesn't make you some kind of a warrior in baseball. Right. In baseball, you're supposed to play if you can play, and he proved he could play. And I'm glad he won the batting title. He seems like a nice guy and he loves to play, but uh, he probably, I, I get the impression that he was taking enough heat and he seems to me like a guy who's pays attention to that stuff. And he probably told Rocco, play me. I want to win it on the field. So, right. And then the judge conceded at the last day, but right. He wouldn't have gotten it anyway, but yeah, they have driven. It's amazing. Now, I don't even know what audience we're hearing from here. That's, but they are getting bashed. They are getting bashed worse at the end of this year than in in many years that were worse. Right? Well, they and are getting- yes, and it's it's the same. It's, it's the same thing because I talk to a lot of people about this team, and everybody kind of has the same notion about them is that they just at any at no point was this year a whole lot of fun they just didn't feel like they no. didn't feel a real connection or identity or anything like that like that with this team and i think that goes a long way with with fans they feel it 
they're at the games and even when they're winning, they're like, yeah, okay. And they just, I don't think they ever really connected with this team. And I think that that's a, that's a failure of a, something that's, it's hard to put your finger on, but it's a failure. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not great to have fans go to the ballpark and say, who's going to play tonight? Who might play tonight? Who's, who's right. agreed to play tonight? And uh, if my starting pitcher cruises through five innings, are they still going to have somebody warming up? But uh, it's, you know, this is not old time. You know, Tampa Bay makes this work, although they didn't make it work the last six weeks of the season. No, but or the last Tampa 15 Bay innings. Makes, yeah. but, but it's not, oh, you're old-fashioned baseball fans. That's crap. You go to a game, and if people are performing well, you expect to continue to watch them perform well. You cannot understand why they are doing this idiotic stuff and uh, analytics, analytics, everybody says analytics. I don't, I don't think it's analytics. It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's some analytic base, but it's a whole theory of playing the game that's gotten away from them. And uh, you know, I, they, they got to, I, I don't know what they can do, but they're in trouble. And Dave St. Peter's getting a lot of heat. Yeah, for saying he was disappointed in attendance. Well, he's got a right to be disappointed in attendance, doesn't he? He can say that, can't he? Sure. He doesn't say. I think our fans are a bunch of clowns. Or no, anything. he's just saying. I thought. I thought we would do better. He's not saying yeah. you should have come. No, no, and he's. Uh, you know, he's. You know, the, this is the worst attendance uh, since uh, two thousand, so or two thousand one, and it. They actually padded it like hell the last homestand to make it not the worst of since 2000 because they, you know, there was they were announced 24 when there were 12 there a couple of times the last weekend, the last week. So they, they, that doesn't make them bad guys that he's disappointed. I, he, I mean, to blame him or ownership is stupid. That's got nothing to do with it. It's the it's how they put their on field product on the field this year and what they did with them and all the injuries they had. And, uh, you know, Buxton lying to us about Buxton in the middle of that's the other thing is you really, unless you're listening to BS, unless you believe what BSN is telling you, they lie routinely. It's, uh, it's too easy for them to lie. Right. We haven't had a, might be back in a few days, day to day. Yeah. We haven't had a good liar since Andy McPhail, because he didn't lie, Andy said, I can't help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you with that. And then I was okay. That means, in other words, I got two choices. Lie to you or say I can't help you with that. Right. I'd much prefer I can't help you with that. Yep. And and these guys, you know, Rocco, I was there, Billy Hamilton. Why'd you sign him? You had to sign him because you don't think Buxton's coming back. It's got nothing to do with Buxton. Well, the hell it didn't. I mean, what? Explain that to him. Right. Explain signing Billy Hamilton for a team <laughs> that never steals a base. What in God's name was that about? And whoever recommended Billy Hamilton being signed should be fired. Whoever it was, uh, the guy could not play for the, uh, you know, the, the best 15-year-old team in the, in the Twin Cities. He couldn't hit a home run there, and he's getting signed it's just uh, the, the amount of stupid things that 
that they do that are unexplainable just has driven people crazy. And that, I mean, let's face it, there's very, the percentage of hardcore baseball fans compared to what it was even 10 years ago is, is, is dwindling. Dwindling, yeah. dwindling. But even, you know, what you had left of your audience who has an appreciation for how baseball has been played have decided that you're idiots and Rocco gets bashed and everybody else gets bashed. And uh, it's, it's uh, for a team that was tied for first place on September 4th, they're about the most unloved. Uh, I think they're probably the most unloved team we've ever had that wasn't a complete failure, you know? So. That's a good way to put it. And I was going to ask you too, if I want to, I want to talk soccer and hockey here for a minute quick, but um, when you were putting together your list of, 62 did you did you think in your head ah this was my favorite team this was my least favorite team do you have that was the whole thing it wasn't who was the best it was who gave you the most joy at the end of the year you know who was who did you feel the best about like the i think i gave a c to the uh to the uh 1982 team that went 16 and 54 to open the season and didn't win a game for two months, but they ended up 44 and 48 and you, and you had all the young guys and you kind of said, eh, you know, right. You know, we thought they were going to, we had it in the St. Paul paper. We were running the Mets of meters starting in the middle of May, right. compare them to the uh, 62 Mets. Right. And they, you know, and they had all these young guys and they had guys like Gaetti gave great quotes and stuff like that were funnier now and they they could laugh at their ineptitude and you saw some hope coming eventually you know Gaetti had the great quote about uh, he's sitting reading a paper in Chicago one day and he says we should change our name to the hapless twins he says the first paragraph of every story I ever read says <laughs> against the hapless twins you know? <laughs> I mean it was a it was an attitude that uh I, I mean, it was certainly not beloved by the fans because they drew 915,000 the first oh, year in the, dome, <clears throat> in the dome, the first yeah. year in the new stadium. So, I mean, yeah, it was more, I was trying to rate it about how we felt about them. And, and I might have actually putting the uh, this year's Twins team at, at 37 might have been higher than they should have been far if that was your judgment because – the, the PR value of this season was nil. And so, yeah, I think you had the two World Series teams at the top, obviously. And I think you had the, the, the 2011 team was, was 62, right? The team that went 63 and 99 that kind yes, of started this yeah. whole nightmare. When you look at the, when you look at what it, they went into target field and they had just had this good decade. They felt, that this was going to be a honeymoon that lasted for seven, eight years. And they, you know, they sold 20 some thousand season tickets and they thought they would sell 20,000 season tickets for most of a decade. Right. And go out and finish 19 and 50. Right. <laughs> and, and you're terrible. You're pitching Pedro Hernandez and guys like that and uh, giving them starts. And uh, yeah, I think impact. They were chosen to be the worst because of the impact they had, the long-term impact they had on the franchise. And uh, it was it was devastating. Yeah, to, it was. You know, so, Mike, I've always said that 
you know, I, when I was walking around spring training down there and I was down there at least a couple of weeks and uh, everyone that I ran into that recognized my rather uh, dramatic frame uh, would say, Ricey, we're going to beat the Yankees this year. And I'd say, I think you should worry about other things first. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to have that team celebrating on the field on the last day of the season because they didn't lose a hundred right. is uh, probably to me that's the number one disaster in franchise history so, i think you're probably right um yeah. speaking of disasters at least one averted um minnesota united <laughs> had been outscored 14 to 2 over Ooh. six matches had gone 05 and 1 in that span look take it took a team that looked like it was a virtual lock to make the playoffs and probably even get a top four seed and get a home playoff game, put them into the brink of missing it all together. They had to win or tie on Sunday at home against Vancouver. Now they did get that done. They win two, nothing. Sounds like they played from what I saw. It looked like they played a little bit more like they, like they have, you know, when they were going a little bit better, they got Robin Ludd back. They got some of those guys that they, you know, that maybe kind of the, the drivers of that team, but uh, yeah, it feels like more like a crisis averted than a, than a celebration at this point for those. Yeah, lads. It, it was a crisis averted, but uh, it's uh, uh, for uh, they're the only one of only two teams in the West that's gone to for the playoffs four years in a row. Or yes. Something. It's weird. Isn't Austin like a new franchise? Aren't they new? Yeah, they're pretty new. Texas, one or two years, they're finishing second, and it doesn't seem like it, there's any history in that league anymore. That you, you just don't know that it pops up. But the thing about it is, there is no sport where you can say we made the playoffs. Now anything can happen. <laughs> the MLS soccer is at a level of competition compared to internet like the premier league or something right i mean the premier league the best team is generally going to go out and get three goals and beat you if you're a if you're a mediocre one right i mean they don't yeah. their upsets are much rarer than they are but in in the mls if you make the playoffs yes anything can happen because it's soccer and you're as i always say in hockey in the playoffs you're playing to three so that's anything can happen because you're playing to three in soccer. You're playing to two, right? You're playing to two. So if you get to two before Dallas gets to two, right. you, you can win that game. And uh, I mean, Dallas, last time they were down there, they got beat three to nothing. I saw, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, you can, you get the first goal and hang on and then they have to get a little more aggressive and you go down and get another goal. You can, you can win the cup now, uh, even no matter, no matter how you limped in. That's my opinion. Soccer, it's a, uh, it is a uh, tremendous coin flip. Now it isn't as bad as international soccer because uh, you're you're less likely to get the winning goal by somebody flopping in the penalty area, right? And because I think the the international, like the World Cup, the floppers are at a higher level than the. Uh, than they are in the MLS, uh, a normal game. The flopping is is much more exotic in the World Cup than it is uh, in the regular season. But yeah, they, they made it, so now anything can happen. Of course, the weird thing is it's the middle of October and it's getting cold. And how 
they they would have a very hard time ever playing another home game, right? Wouldn't it? it would yeah, require I think, them playing the seventh. It would require the seventh place finishers yes. end up playing them, right? So that's well, it's well yeah, and the, and the season started. Season's ending earlier than usual too this year because yes. of the the World Cup. But yeah, they play eight thirty a week from Monday, so about a, a week from now um, at Dallas. So that's I'm sure Dallas will be fine weather wise but yeah it's, a, it's an interesting start time too but you're right anything can happen in soccer especially the soccer playoffs and you know they went on that during the covid year they went on that run i don't think they, that was not a great team by any means but they almost made it to the, the cup finals if they hadn't yeah, they got it in the summer didn't they blow a lead up yeah they were up yeah. two nothing um and they kind of ran out of gas two nothing in like the 70th minute and they gave up three in the last 20 now seattle didn't make playoffs right for the first time in ever, or something. Yeah, there's a little reshuffling of the deck at the top of the table, as they say. Yeah, that, the top you know, of the table. Yeah. LA was awfully good, but yeah, it's, it was kind of a weird year in MLS. And just the fact when you can when you can go winless for six matches in a row down the stretch, and then still find How your way into the postseason. Two goals in six games. And give what up fourteen. I mean, that, that's something What's else. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, everybody was happy. They had a good crowd, big crowd. Everybody drank and they they won. So um, you know what the hey? Now you just sit around and wait. And uh, boy, Adrian Heath needed this. He might have yes. This was college football. He would have been fired. <laughs> yes, especially since he got his extension. Anybody in college football who gets an extension is subject to being fired at any moment. So yes, but yes. he would have been out. He would have been out the door. Plus the hockey soccer hard cards don't like him that well, no, right? The Heath out hashtag on Twitter is a, is a popular <laughs> and what, one. What 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 do they don't like about him? The way they play offense or defense? I or think what? they don't like his formations. They don't. I think they. they think they're <laughs> I think it's a perception to it is substitute formation. Nothingness. It's a big bunch or, of nothingness. What's formations. Formations. Yeah, substitutions. And I think, I think they find him to be a bit arrogant when. Well, he, he is arrogant. You know. But you have to. I mean. Who who isn't at that point, I, right? Like I love him. I love him. He's great. Yeah, he's great. Give any quote he wants, you know. Right. He'll he'll trash his team. Uh, you gotta you gotta love any coach who still trash his team. And soccer is the one that they'll still do that in. He's right? he's yeah. He still gave one of the greatest lines on this podcast and this podcast history when he's talking about people second guessing his decisions. He said hindsight hindsight United is still undefeated. <laughs> that is pretty damn good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've only talked to him a couple of times in in a situation where he know it was me asking questions, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think he's hilarious. He used to come into the station and for a show once in a while, and that was uh, and it was on after us, and so I get to talk to him sure. for a minute. And I'd always say, "They still mad at you?" Like, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> well. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, that's probably the most fun part of soccer. Soccer is that internationally everywhere is that the that the, the way the international press covers soccer is great because they end up arguing with the coaches all the time. Yes, yeah, that's the one place that's still left where you know still some of that tension doesn't sit around and take their BS. You know, hey, before we go, yeah, uh, I think you got a wild opening too. But how about those Iowa Hawkeyes? Oh man, uh, nine to six this time. Unbelievable. Nine to six. I said on Twitter, the way they're playing, were those two 
field goals, drop kicks. <laughs> if you didn't get to see Bronco Nagurski play in the 20, go watch the Hawkeyes. This is 1920s football. And it's idiot, the idiot son sits there on the sidelines with an arrogant, dumb look on his face. What a mess. Take a what time a machine mess. back to Iowa. It, it is. It's unbelievable. They got, you know, they got one of the best defenses in the country, and they can't beat anybody. It's hilarious. No. I was also having fun with the Nebraska fans. What a noble victory for the Huskers. They finally they go to Rutgers and win 14 to 13. That's got to be one of the great victories in Nebraska mm. history. They rally to beat Rutgers. Uh, man. The Big Ten West co-leading Huskers. Yes, and the go and the Gophers go down there and they got to look at Illinois and say, if we can figure out a way to get 14 points, we should win. You know, because they, you know, they they had to beat Iowa nine to six. Nine to six. Their quarterbacks are right. They, yeah. I think they have, I think both they have two quarterbacks hurt. So, but I, we don't know what we have with the Gophers now after no. that game. So no. anyway, I forgot to mention Gopher hockey. That was a big series against Mankato. They, Rolled them yeah. good Friday. The Mankato got them back on Saturday down there. That was about how you would expect that one to go. Wild opens on Thursday. It's it's that time of year, Patrick, like we've said before, where everything's – the playoffs start. Yeah, wake us up when the playoffs start, yeah. playoff yeah. start right? <laughs> yeah, the wilds when the playoffs start because, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, – it's, uh, it, there's another sport where you can – anything can happen when the, once the once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. So, yeah. But they – be good again right i don't know yeah about the no they're good is. who's the backup goalie gustafson i think we'll see we'll see about him oh is he a guy he was from ottawa or something yeah place. he's a the guy they got uh i think they got yeah after they got rid of uh when they got rid of uh the fit, you know, fit, talbot yeah. when they got rid of talbot talbot, talbot who got hurt right it's oh. out for six weeks i saw so oh, wow. he got, that's my uh my hockey knowledge is reading the notes so anyway <laughs> they got get to see a full dose of Rossi and uh, yeah. see if he's as good as they think he is. So it's been but, pretty good so far. Well, good stuff, Patrick. We'll have plenty to get to next week as well. We'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.